Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid podcast. It's the offseason. There's still very little news right now in the NBA, but what is going on? The NFL just got started, so guess what? We're going to have some brief NFL discussions. We'll hit on a few fun topics, and we're going to discuss the NBA All-Decade teams that came out on NBA.com and who the Portland Trailblazers All-Decade teams would be. So let's jump right in uh, with those all-decade teams. First off, NBA.com, just about a month ago, they put out these NBA all-decade teams. The Just like all NBA teams, but, you know, a lineup of five for the all-decade first team, Over second team. Over the span of a decade. Uh, the, the absolute best all-decade. So, first, all-decade first team, they had LeBron James, which if you argue him being first team that's like i'm not talking to you austin i'm talking hypothetically to anyone if you for some reason argue lebron james being on an all-decade first team for the 2010s you're an idiot uh what what? i don't call people names so lebron james they had kd steph uh james harden and Kawhi leonard when you go to the second team so most of those make sense when you go to the second team it starts to get wild in the second and third team they got russell westbrook Chris Paul, Carmelo, Anthony Davis, and Blake Griffin. And then mm. third team is Kobe, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George. I'm looking at his Kobe. face and I can't say his name. Dwayne Wade and LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, some pretty interesting teams there. There's some, you know, old guys who That's really snuck on for some reason, even though I totally disagree, and I'll tell you why. Uh, some young guys who just have a crazy ceiling and have been playing extremely well, but, in my opinion, shouldn't yet be on the decade team. Because there's different factors to it. It's It's not just, you know, they're the NBA or they have the best legacy. It's from 2010. 2010 to 2019 who was the best who had the most important right. years in there um, some of it some of it's got to be timing right like that's what i was just thinking when you when you mentioned lamarcus being on that team it's like that, to the to the blind eye that's like uh wait is that even is that even what that phrase is who knows but <laughs> you know like lamarcus aldridge like you look at that with just like from a distance and you're like um really like out of out of 10 years was he the best was he like the third best power forward but at the same time a lot of that is kind of the timing of his career Mm -hmm. so as much as i'd like to balk at your uh statement about lebron not really having a position in this latter 2010 all decade team um i can if i if i were to see your point in that regard i I would say if, if it weren't first team it might just be due to timing Right, like we we haven't seen the best defensive LeBron James here um, in the last two to three seasons, but even then, man, he's been he's been solid. I don't know, Christian. I really don't know how I feel Dude, about that take. He went to eight straight finals in the 2010s, and he just dominated in like all of them, especially the last. Wait, four. am I am I am I misunderstanding you? Then are you saying that if you don't think he's on the yes. team, then you're done? And then you're okay, okay. All right. <laughs> I was I wondering what you're saying. I was I like, thought you were, I thought you, you were saying. I thought you were saying that he just because of some and, and and here's the thing playing devil's advocate if you were to say just stats wise um Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant they do hold a torch to him yeah. right like he's not in this portion of his career now if you were talking about 
just a, a two to three season window. Like in my opinion, when he was with Miami, um, that's a different story. But like Kevin Durant holds a torch to LeBron James. Yeah, you know. So yeah. Okay. So confusion has been sorted out. Jumping into my issues with those lists. First off, when I look at those lists, I see uh, Kawhi Leonard in the starting lineup. Uh, you know, the first team, which is fine. But I'm like, how much has Kawhi really done? I mean, he won the last finals. He was finals MVP. So in my mind, there's some recency bias there. That's that's what's really going on. Correct. And and it's in the context of a 10-year span, too. So that's that's tough. Exactly. And then uh, when I look at the next team, I see Carmelo Anthony, who for the Mm. last, like, three years has been nothing but a problem. And obviously he can score. I mean, he was scoring champion for, I think, multiple years. Um, He's always been a good scorer. But... Carmelo is iffy, and I'll, I'll get a little more into that in a minute. I'll agree with that. And then Kobe, like, oh my gosh, like, Kobe is everything I just said about Carmelo, but, like, even a few less good years in the 2010s. So, I'm just going to jump right in. All-decade first team, first four are good. Steph Curry, totally, won, what, shoot, now I can't even count, three finals? He won three finals? KD mm-hmm. won three finals. You know, they did so while also getting MVPs in the decade and putting up the, you know, the most scoring second records, all that. LeBron, obviously, I already said why. James Harden, he's perfect in there. I mean, the guy... I I can appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, he's he's scored a ton. He's, I mean, looking at basketballreference.com, everyone should use that. It's awesome. It gives you all the information you ever need. Uh, Agreed. James Harden is third in win shares in this decade it's, it goes lebron kevin durant then james harden um so yeah the the issue is the fifth player and i would not put Kawhi there regardless but i made a change to this because they didn't specify position on this uh okay hang on they might have specified position but <laughs> there is no center on these teams Um, Oh, yeah. I've noticed that. I don't know if I care for that too much. Yeah, because not a single all-NBA team has gone without a center. Not one. Every single all-NBA team. I look at these the last, like, four years or whatever. Like, I mean, I get it. It's an all-decade team. Maybe there's slightly different criteria. I know no one's getting, like, actual awards for this. But you look at the all-NBA teams of this year. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert. Last year, Anthony Davis as a center, which obviously has played a ton of time at the center. And he now says he doesn't want to. Uh, but then after that, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. The year before that, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Jordan. Before that, Andre Drummond, DeMarcus Cousins, DeAndre Jordan. These are the only one you could argue is not are, necessarily a center is Anthony Davis, and I still think he's a center. So yeah. and those are bona fide stars. Those guys that you just mentioned. At least even if you're talking about DeAndre Jordan at that time. He was dominant. I think people forget about what him and Blake did in L.A., but they were almost a Western Conference semifinal lock, you know, <laughs> for – I, I know that sounds like, you know, corny or whatever, but for the Clippers, I'm sure there are Clippers fans out there somewhere, somehow, that looked forward to that time. Oh, yeah. And now here they are spoiled with, with, with the two stars, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But, you know – that was a decent team. Anytime, and, and Chris Paul, if we're forgetting, as, as Portland fans, locked down Damian Lillard for, I think, 
there was there was one season, and I wish I could tell you in my short-lived life this uh, at this point what season that was exactly. But I feel there was a, there was a point where Chris Paul was on the Clippers, where I remember as a young man thinking every time when Damian Lillard matched up with him that he was going to get clamped. And he did yeah. for two to three games that season. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 I, and I will have an answer for you, um, our millions and millions of fans out there in our next episode. But um, It'll be yeah, hard I to mean, get it out over all the screaming and, and, and yelling and cheering. I mean, you guys, are, you guys are just too much love, too many roses thrown on stage. The undergarments really have to stop. But, you know, it's, you know... Uh. That was that was a good time in Clippers history. And really, as Clippers fans, a little bit off topic here, but they they have to be grateful, man, because oh seriously, um, that's this is just a stroke of luck. This is just like when New Orleans got AD and now Zion, you know, yeah. or like when oh, yeah. Cleveland Cleveland had three was it uh, number one overall picks <laughs> in four years? Yeah, yeah. After you know, losing that's, LeBron, that is that is tantamount to what the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, are experiencing right now. Dang, I need to get out my thesaurus or something. You're getting some big words. Um, so, all NBA, all decade first team. I, I haven't said my fifth yet, and get ready for it, okay? I'm hoping this episode is all about this player I'm going to talk about. You ready for it? Let's hear it. Dwight Howard. Oh, oh man, you 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 heard it on last week's episode. If you didn't expect it to come, then Ew. come on, you ain't listening. And you're not in those millions. Let's be real. Dwight <laughs> Howard, tenth in the NBA in the last decade in win shares at seventy six point seven, according to BasketballReference.com. Um, there is one center with more, and that is DeAndre Jordan, who I will talk about later. But as far as centers go, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis have really similar stats over the last decade. So let me see if I can compare them. Um, Anthony Davis had 11,000 points. Jeez. Dwight Howard had 11,000 points. Dwight oh, Howard had man. 20 more points than him in the last decade. Oh, um, Dwight well, Anthony had, Davis has a long ways to go, though, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, Dwight had more um, fouls and more turnovers by quite mm-hmm. a bit than Anthony Davis. Anthony, uh, Dwight had just about 100 more blocks than Anthony Davis. They had yeah. about the same amount of steals, uh, about the same amount of assists, um, the a big one is Dwight had almost twice as many rebounds as Anthony Davis, which is Ugh. a big deal for a center. Um, mm-hmm. And then percentages, Anthony Davis has a lot better percentages. So their numbers compare really well. There's a couple, uh, I mean, really just two things that Dwight Howard beats Anthony Davis in well, which is win shares, which isn't really that much, and then rebounds. He got a lot more rebounds than Anthony yep. did. And, and the blocks, it sounds like he's has, he has a, a bit, but I, I would be surprised if AD didn't eclipse that 100, that 100 uh, gap right there. Yeah, so for me, the reason why Dwight gets the edge over Anthony Davis is he has three extra years on Anthony Davis. Obviously, like the last couple years, he's gotten injured, he's had issues, all that, um, and obviously he's a bit of a personality, but Dwight Howard was dominant. I mean, he it was a huge deal with the Magic. I mean, he led him to um, a finals appearance. I'm pretty sure that was before this decade, though. I think that was 09. Uh, Orlando Magic 09 season. I don't know. Uh, so, let's see. NBA Finals loss 08-09. Yep, so that was before. Yeah. So, um, but still, he's been to the playoffs so many times. Anthony Davis has been to the playoffs, what, twice? Like... 
It right. might not be the biggest deal in the world, but well, we, I think I think legacy, we all know that's going to change here pretty pretty shortly. I, mean, I think. Definitely. And I, I'm and come on, man. I mean, as an objective Blazers fan, I would say, it, I would be shocked. And I made the bet. Who, by the way, I'm I'm saying it here on the podcast. Uh-oh. Uh oh. My buddy Eric. I won't I won't say his last name. He owes me a a, a half a bill for betting that the Lakers would make the Western... He said initially that the Lakers would win the Western Conference Finals. And I said, I bet they don't even make the Western Conference Finals. They did not even make the playoffs. They certainly did not. My my good friend, I'm still waiting on my winnings. But, you know, it's okay. Uh, But, no, I think that, you know, to to my friend's friend's, uh, bat, I would say that I would be shocked if they did not even come close to that this year. Um... I would be surprised if the Lakers did not make the Western Conference Finals this year. Do I think that they're going to come out on the other end of that, um, even relatively unscathed? Absolutely not. I think that if in seeding, um, you know, just speaking with a friend next door here in, in the in the Phoenix area, we were just talking about the importance of seeding going into playoffs this year is going to be, um, as it is most years, just really really crucial. I think for a lot of teams because. Um, if if someone like the Rockets and the Clippers match up anywhere close before the uh, you know it's bound to happen right like the Clippers are gonna meet um, either the Rockets or the Lakers before the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. it, you know if and, and and I think that they're pretty much a lock but obviously a lot of things can go wrong in an NBA season injuries um, you know any anything can happen but um, and then obviously seating for for what I would consider and. You know, not trying to hate here, just objectively speaking, the Blazers to be a, a B plus rated team, if not A minus, in terms of the Western Conference, and that's favorable. I think going even in the breach of ninety percent there, but um, there's going to be some kind of subplot to some of these larger blockbuster teams going into the playoffs this year. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how even like Denver, Portland. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm spacing. I mean, the Jazz, obviously, Mike Connolly. It'll be interesting to see that. But uh, a bit of a tangent. But yeah, I, I think that uh, you know, just speaking about the Lakers and these all-decade teams and 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 like projections of performance with like Anthony Davis. That's. I think we're gonna see things out of him that we haven't seen before, and I think that most would understand that Dwight Howard is more of that traditional center with the he's going to bring that blocking to the table he's going to bring that those rebounds um but anthony davis was a power what, 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 he was a point guard until when wasn't he, he you know he he, he had a yeah, huge growth like spurt until he was, yeah 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 he had an he had an insane growth spurt so he has skills that you know dwight howard never planned to have but Dwight Howard has deltoids that could rip a phone book in half and, and, <laughs> and swat, a, swat a basketball to the other side of a full court NBA court, Seriously. you know. So um, it's it's uh, it's a different different player. Yeah. So it, it's a very close comparison, uh, but I put Dwight Howard just above Anthony Davis. It's, it's really tough. I mean, they have really similar awards in that time also. I yep. mean uh, – uh, Howard got two defensive players of the year to start off the decade. So, I mean, it's clear he was dominant, but it is a, you know, it is a coin flip basically for, sure. for one or the other. Um, so next, I'm just going to jump right into the second team. Mm-hmm. First off, Russell Westbrook, the dude, won an MVP. He's had now three triple-double seasons in a row. 
he's clearly had a really good decade. Yeah. He led a team to the finals. I mean, well, led, I don't know, maybe that was Kevin Durant, but went to the finals. Then I got CP3, who, you know, he's point god. He's a big deal. Arguably, <laughs> arguably one of the best point guards in the league. Tailing off um, right at the end of the decade, maybe slightly worse than earlier in the decade. Yeah, but he's yeah, still yeah. really productive. Um, mm-hmm. and he's had a lot of good playoff seasons, all that. Next, I have Anthony Davis for center. I mean, you know, like I just talked about, it's him or Howard. Then I put Kawhi. Kawhi has the two championships. He has Defensive Player of the Year. I think two of them. Uh, he's he's got what has he got? Some All Stars. So not to inter- not to interrupt you here too much, Christian, because I know we're trying to breeze through these second and third teams. But um, in lieu of the recency bias with Kawhi Leonard, would it be justified to argue that his conversion rate is awfully high for even that span of time? Because some players look for that amount of success in a five to six year six season span right like yeah to, to even see two championships of finals did he get two finals mvps yes he has two finals yeah MVPs. two championships two finals mvps some some players never see that in their entire career yeah you know so i i think that just as much as we'd like to talk about that recency bias he also has a incredibly um efficient career he has an incredibly efficient career accolades yeah and yeah, for for me, if there was no center position requirement, it would be between Kawhi or Aldridge. And Aldridge is the other guy that I have on that second team. Aldridge has the seventh most win shares in the NBA in the last decade. Uh, he has let's see how many points fifteen thousand points, which is mm, I think sixth most sixth most in that time. So he has the six most points in the last decade. He has the seventh most win shares. He has, let's see how many rebounds. The fifth most rebounds. Like, clearly this guy has been good He's not playing games. Decade. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, he's he's played consistently. He, he is playing games, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's, you know, if it didn't have to be a center, it would be Aldridge or Kawhi. Obviously, it depends on how much you put on finals and finals mvps Uh, so i mean it's a it's a tough discussion but another guy that i was comparing Kawhi with was paul george so when i get to the third team third team gets wild i had a very different third team when i first made this and that's probably where most i think that's probably where most would would find some indecision right like it gets it gets a little less cut and dry once you start moving down the ladder yeah, because there's, you know, this guy has scored this many points, this guy's gotten this many All-Stars, this guy won an MVP, but he's only been in the league for a couple of years, that kind of thing. Right. Where I want to put Kumpo up there, but he just doesn't have the longevity to make it. Like, he'll, right. he should certainly be in the 2020s All-Decade team. Oh, he's oh. going into it yeah. at an MB, MVP level. Yeah. But he just didn't have enough time in the 2010s to be Timing. able to do it. So, I have Paul George... Uh, based on win shares, his dominance, his points, and his awards, getting a lot of all-stars and all-NBA. Um, I threw in Carmelo. I was fighting against Carmelo. It's it's kind of That's between respect. him and DeRozan, because him and DeRozan actually have pretty similar stats mm. over the last decade. Um, so De- DeRozan has 14,900. Carmelo has 14,700. DeRozan has slightly better percentages for the most part, except for three-point percentage. Um but yeah, they have pretty similar numbers altogether. But Carmelo Anthony, obviously, like 
a lot of it's it's uh, it's got to be tough playing up there in Toronto, man. It's got to be tough being in that market. Just the exposure difference in terms of of nationally televised games here in the states. Yeah, you know, because I I, I thinking about it now. Initially, I, you you may have heard me be sounding a little bit skeptical with that comparison, but De, Demar Derozan is a much more efficient player than Carmelo Anthony. You could argue that maybe. Carmelo had a little bit more pull on his team in the media and just being the franchise player noted in the in the you know spotlight, but um, he was incredibly inefficient in New York. Yeah, um, and I think that Demar really made some moves in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I think I you know reconciling a little bit here. I think that 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 really isn't too that that unfair of a comparison. Yeah, so I mean it's it's tough when you get to the third team, like you said. Yeah. Um, at the guards, I went a couple directions at first. I really put Kyle Lowry up there because he has pretty good stats over the decade. He's ninth best in win shares in the NBA in a decade. That's pretty wild. But I ended up taking him out, and I put in Dame. Um, Dame has the 18th most win shares in the league. He has the 11th most points in the league, which is above Kyle Lowry. I can't even find Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry now on that list. Um, it, it was tough. I put Lillard and I put Wade at the guard spots. Wade won championships. He had he was still in his uh, in his prime. I mean, obviously, it's it's weird to me that him and LeBron both came in the same draft because we look at their careers completely differently. Like LeBron still has, we all think at least like three, four more really good yeah. years. Uh, at least it seems to be that way. Whereas Wade, like he's retired and he's expected. And I think, to be, and I, it's... I think LeBron. Um, sorry to interrupt you there, but I think, I think LeBron also has a little bit of a different frame. Duh, but you know he. Yeah. I was gonna say Dwayne Wade had a different game, which is true. But as much of a slasher as he may have been, LeBron has has pretty much matched it. Um, if not, if yeah. not done more, but it just helps being six foot nine, two hundred and thirty x pounds or whatever, you know. So, I I, yeah. I wonder how much that affected the longevity uh, difference there between those two. And LeBron came out of high school, so he was a little younger. And uh, I mean, it, it's weird to think about. People talk about certain players that can play into their forties and stuff like that, and. Normally, you'd think it's athleticism that goes away, but you see Vince Carter, who's, you know, obviously he's a good player altogether, but he's relied on his athleticism in a lot of ways, and LeBron's pretty similar, where LeBron does it all, and he has amazing court vision, all that, but he's an athlete, you know? It's like him and Zion Williamson, it's just like, wow, that monster dude can still jump that high, he can still do this, that, and the other thing, um... And so some of those things actually stick together. It seems like it's more quickness that goes away with age, whereas some of these like quicker guards, they're struggling to stay in the NBA, struggling to stay relevant. Um, at least it seems on its head right now. Um, so to finish off the all-NBA teams, I have... Because of center requirement, I'm putting DeAndre Jordan, but it, I'm putting DeAndre slash Blake Griffin. I would definitely put, put Blake Griffin in there uh, if I didn't have... And, and really, he could potentially go in there uh, for Lillard's spot. If you slide Paul George down to the shooting guard, uh, you could put Griffin in at a forward. So it's kind of, I kind of got a six in there where I'm not sure. Some, some guys that are really close to getting in, Kevin Love obviously got a championship with LeBron, was in the finals for four years. 
uh, Kyrie Irving, similar situation while also putting up a lot of points and all that. Uh, and he's been in the league longer than Dame by a year. Um, then Clay Thompson, Draymond obviously played amazingly well in their roles. The only reason I didn't necessarily put them on is, you know, their stats aren't really there, nor their win shares because of, you know, Steph hogging them and Kevin Durant hogging them. But, uh, but also like if Damian was in Clay Thompson's position, would Dame be any different? Obviously it would be different. It's a, they're very different players, but like, I don't know if Dame would be without championships if he was playing alongside Steph Curry. I think they probably would have won just as many, maybe. Right. Um, I don't know. That's That might be a crazy thing to say. But, <laughs> yeah. And then a few players that definitely could be up there, but they just had too little time of being dominant. On to DeCumpo, Kobe. Kobe was really good at the start of the decade, of course. If it was, right. if it's the 2000s Timing. decade, he's definitely in there. Timing. Him and Shaq, yep. for sure. Uh and then Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. I think Towns and Embiid could definitely be getting the center spots in the 2020 decade. Um, so yeah, that's what I got for the all-decade teams for the NBA. Let's get into the Blazers all-decade team for the 2010s. Sounds good, what man. What do you think? Well, you know, I think when I was texting you, um, I was talking about Damian Lillard. Uh, surprise, surprise, as a decade all-time uh, point guard. Um and then why? Uh, you know, I th- there might be a couple reasons. Um, uh, maybe it was destroying <laughs> two uh, franchises' uh, playoff hopes and dreams on buzzer beaters. Um, maybe it was um, the multiple All Star appearances, or um, yeah, maybe it was being first team All NBA. I don't know, but he definitely is my number one point guard. Uh, then I would doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'd round that out with C.J. McCollum, who, by the way, um, I don't know if we want to acknowledge, definitely put a dagger in Denver's heart with that step back jumper at the free throw line. I can't remember the yeah, game but... exactly uh, in Denver, <laughs> but oh my goodness, you know, so many more reasons than just that for C.J. McCollum being the second best um, shooting guard here on our team. I mean, obviously. You and I discussed pre-episode that uh, Bird and Roy had, I think, one kind of layover season uh, into the decade. So once again, you know that timing is going to affect um, his standing in this conversation. But um, Nick Batum, I don't know if people remember, but he was he was the original Blazers triple-double machine earlier in the decade. Um, and I think that it's it's kind of sad, in my opinion, that he ended up with Charlotte. But uh, hopefully that he's enjoying his time there. I haven't really kept up on the Charlotte Hornets too much. But then I would say, surprise, surprise, the Marcus Aldridge as the all-decade four for the Blazers. Um, multiple all-star appearances, all-decade team, uh, third team. Um, Two or three of my favorite games of all time was watching him just gas the Houston Rockets on the block. Old school turnaround jumpers time after time. It was it was unbelievable. Do you remember that series? I think that was the first series Dude. where Dame won that series with the, with the with the buzzer beater. Yeah, the first two games of that series were insane. He had, he had, had 40, 40 or 50 points in yeah. Houston. yeah. Yep. That was unbelievable. Was like 46 and 42 that's the what, first two games that's, in Houston. If you're hearing me record today on this podcast, those two games were really what made me fall in love with the NBA. Watching LaMarcus Aldridge drop 45-plus points in those two games made me go. And, and, and since then, I have not played with a backcourt 2K player on my career. 
<laughs> oh man. So that's crazy. And on that topic, by the way, I put 30, 39 and seven up with Brianna Stewart as a WNBA player here last night on my buddy. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, we're sorry guys that we weren't able to stream with you here on Friday, as you may or may not have heard. I'm assuming, uh, the, the former, uh, Xbox servers were down. Um, so that was pretty deflating, but, um, lame. super lame, but I would say that Christian, like your per your suggestion here on our recent episodes, I've upped the uh, difficulty a little bit, and um, I do want to make a point that if you are someone who does not necessarily play on Superstar Hall of Fame, you are still playing the same game as the other person. So you're both making ridiculous <laughs> stuff. It's a little bit it's a little bit crazy, but um, me personally, I think that I'm a, I'm a rather um, I don't I don't really take stupid shots in 2K, and so if you if you up that difficulty, you're not going to notice. You're going to notice a difference, but if, if you're not taking ridiculous shots or playing with, you know, elite teams every time, you'll it's not that crippling. Um, and mm. I'm, we, we plan on – I'm going to change my my player difficulty up to Hall of Fame, even though I'm a, um, a 6'11 center with a, a 92-inch wingspan, like five inches uh, more than average for that height on a 2K player compared to Al mm. Horford, but – um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to raise that up to hall of fame, but definitely off track here talking about 2k, uh, center. It's going to be Yusuf Nurkic on the all time Blazers team. Uh, he all decade. Yep. Uh, uh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, all decade, uh, Blazers team. Uh, and unfortunately I was born in 1996 and, and was, uh, more of a baseball football fan through the first, uh, 10 years of my life. So my all time team is the all decade team. Um, but yeah, Yusuf Nurkic is uh, he's a great player and I I think that seeing the outpouring of support post his injury really made you realize what he meant to the city and um, as much of a basketball town Portland was saw as before or seen as I should say um, before I think that it's it's just crazy even now with an MLS championship or cup whatever winning team um, the Blazers are still are still you know the heart of Portland in my opinion and the, and every and the people love the Timbers people love the Timbers don't get it twisted like that's a that's a that's a very passionate fan base but oh, yeah. um, it's just amazing I I can't remember who but two or three people this week I've spoke to alone have said that just playing in Portland is a different atmosphere. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that Yusuf Nurkic really speaks to that character in being a very loyal um, player. And I think I think a lot of it obviously has been testament from via Damian Lillard uh, speaking to, you know, how he's participated in his personal life, um, along with what we see effort-wise on the court. Um, but aside from his skill and his unique passing and how well he fits in the system and being a top uh, two or three, if not, I think number one pick and roll dynamic between him and Damian Lillard. Once again, it helps that you have Damian Lillard in half of that equation, but um, he really just feeds into that Portland narrative of just knit and grit, um, positivity, not going to put up with the crap, and just loyalness. You know, I think yeah. I think he he's a he is a under the radar locker room guy. Yeah. That's, so that's that's my uh, two cents, I suppose. My my ninety nine cents, I should say. <laughs> um, did you share the small forward position? I totally missed it. If you did, uh, Nick Nick Batum. Yep, Nick Batum. So yeah, so for me, 
First team, I'm with it, all five of those. Dame, CJ, and LaMarcus are for sure. I had to look back to see how long Rolo was on the team and Mason Plumlee was on the team, even though I knew I was going to pick Nurk anyway. Right. Uh, Nurk was on for an extra season uh, than more than either of those two players, and he just shot life into the Blazers. So, I mean, he revitalized the Blazers going into the playoffs that year, brought them to the playoffs, and he just has so much heart, and he can be seen as second best on the team to Damian Lillard sometimes. It just depends on the scenario, of course, but Yusuf Nurkic is a really good player. He's had a 20-25 by 5. He just puts up stats. He plays that, hard. Yeah, that's unbelievable. He's, I forget that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I forget not, that game. He's not the most consistent player in the world. Uh, that's our biggest complaints about him, uh, but he's amazing, and I'm, I'm so glad he's on the Blazers. So definitely Yusuf Nurkic at the center position. Nick Batum was the biggest question for me. I was like, I just remembered all the times where I'm like, man, Nick Batum is so frustrating. Why can't he just hit the shot? Why can't he just hit the shot? Uh, but he's still, he's fourth most games played in the decade, third most win shares. He has uh, six, oh no, sorry, fifth most points in the decade. There's no question it's him. It's either him, Aminu, or Mo at the forward position and Aminu and Mo just don't stack up. Um, so, right. yeah, that, that first team is pretty set with Dame, CJ, Batum, Nurkic, and Aldridge. And then the and, second and, team... And honorable mention, I'm sorry to interrupt you here real quick, Christian, but honorable yeah. mention, Mo Harkless and, and Alfaruk Aminu at their, like, peaks, like when those guys are their all-time selves and when, <laughs> when, when they've had those streaks, they're phenomenal players. Oh, yeah. And both of them have guarded LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and and... Uh, league superstar quality offensive players and put clamps on them. So that's no slight to either of them. It was just that Nicholas Batum, at his time uh, with the Blazers, he was just the triple double machine, man. Yeah, and and he had a five by five. He was one of the other last five by fives in the whatever the last decade. Yeah, all um, around baller right there. Yeah. So second team. I'm not gonna get into a third team. That's just too crazy because. The Blazers really only had like three guards in the last decade, Dame, CJ, and Wesley Matthews. So, starting off the second team, Wesley Matthews, who I really wanted to put in the first team because I love Wes. Um, Mm -hmm. The other guard, I'm going to put Brandon Roy. He actually played for two seasons, uh, played in 88 games, had the 11th most points in the decade in just that short time. Uh, Win shares, he had 13th most. So, I mean, he's he's in there, um, and obviously... The guard position is pretty thin since the Blazers have just relied on Dame and CJ for the past five years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brandon Roy sneaks in there, luckily. Glad to put him on any Blazers list. Uh, then Mo and Aminu round out the forward spots. And at center, I'm going to go with Myers Leonard. Um, I mean, the guy played with the Blazers for the last seven years. As far as win shares, he's 12th in the last decade. Games played. Um, he is fifth in the last decade minutes. He's eighth points. He is eighth. So I mean, he's he's up there for all of it. I mean, his his peak might have been pretty low, but his longevity is very helpful. Um, so yeah, so that's our all 
Blazers decade teams. Yeah, and I would find it hard to believe anyone really would uh, refute that too much, you guys. And like we said, it's it's kind of a slow news week, so forgive us if it's if it's a little bit more uh, fluff than than uh, concrete facts and statistics we have this week. It is the first week of September, so uh, roll with us. We'll be having preseason premonitions here very shortly. Um, I know. We had a couple NFL games today, Christian. We can briefly discuss some of those comparisons if you'd like. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think we'll just get a few quick comparisons of NBA players to NFL players. Uh, some of them are super tough. Uh, I've noticed there's a lot of NFL players that talk or we see their personality a lot in the fact that they're holding out from contracts and things like that. The NFL is a completely different beast than the NBA, but there's a few that I think are kind of fun to talk about. Um I'm going to hit a couple comparisons that might be random that I think are pretty good. One is uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Dominican Sue. Nothing but controversy pretty much all the time. <laughs> I like it. I like and it. And it's just a big bully uh, pretty much. So I think that's a pretty <laughs> solid one to get started on. Uh, you want to just trade back and forth? You throw one out. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of a kind of a bombshell right off the bat, but um, my good friend Savon uh, right, right next door, uh, I said, you know, who's who's a guy who has been with his team the whole time in the league? He's still, uh, you know, in his prime. He's entering. He's getting a little bit older and just does things that really just makes you say, wow. He might not be the best, but he's always in the discussion. Yeah. He said Julio Jones. And yeah. I said that's Damian. And I said that's Damian Lillard. Okay. All right. I think I think that's I think that's a, a low key real 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 uh, good comparison there. Yeah. For for me for Dame I went with Russ Russell Wilson because here's the okay. deal they're both in the Pacific Leadership. Northwest. Uh, I used to think Russell was super loyal. Um, he kind of threatened the Seahawks this last off season and said, Ooh. Hey, if you don't pay me, you I'm out. Uh, which kind of infuriated me, especially since he's hogging all the money and doesn't have any offensive line to help him. Hopefully right. that's different this year. But I think Dame to Russell Wilson is really good because Russell Wilson can take over a game like nobody's business. He can lead fourth quarter comebacks like the best of them, just like Dame can in the NBA. And he does things that just blow your mind. He makes passes that are just ridiculous. You're like, how did he get out of the pocket? How did he get that throw off? How was it right to Doug Baldwin? How was it right, right to Tyler Lockett? Dame does the same thing, shooting threes, getting step backs, getting .9 second game winners. Uh, they're very similar in that way. Um, I'm going to give a quick one, an, an, another comparison to what you just said. For Julio Jones, I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi oh, Leonard, I like that. I like that. First off, they both got hands. I mean, I don't know how big Julio's hands are. But <laughs> <laughs> Julio has just been consistently one of the best. And in my eyes, he's not much of a talker. I've tried to, you know, over the years, he's always been a guy where I'm like, he's just consistently there quietly. I mean, he, he right. doesn't score touchdowns all that often. He's known for that. Uh, but he gets yards. He contributes to the team. Um, Kawhi obviously wins championships a little different than Julio. But he's just a quiet amazing player um in his league um who do you got next man um you know i tried to make the comparison between tom brady and lebron james but it did it didn't seem like that was too well received here by my peers next door (laughs) it's so hard to compare lebron to uh, nfl players it's like there's the the goat conversation with tom brady and the fact that he's because LeBron so LeBron long. had much more exposure media wise coming out at a young age than Tom Brady. Yeah. It's actually the antithesis of Tom Brady's uh, coming into his own story. So yeah. yeah, that's that's not a good one. Um, but man, it's it, like you said, it, it is tough. Um, 
I think with Antonio Brown, I made the Cousins comparison. Mm. Um, but, I mean, differing positions. I like the Ndamukong Sue. I think that was a little bit more uh, more accurate. Um, but, I don't know. Who would you see Antonio Brown, uh, the, dip- the diplomat Antonio Brown, uh, panning out to be in the NBA? So, Antonio Brown, obviously there's going to be recency bias with anything I say. <clears throat> Man, I should have drank water. Because Antonio Brown has been a clown. Uh, he's been Antonio Clown the last week. It's been just stupid. I'm so mad that he's on the Patriots. Uh, so Antonio Brown, I'm going to go with Kevin Durant because Antonio Brown has consistently <laughs> been like, this is the top receiver in the league. Like obviously like some oh, other guys man. get better numbers year to year, but Antonio Brown's been like top three for like the last decade pretty much. Um, and it's the same with Kevin Durant. Like these guys, they're, they're both their own person very much so. They're both, yeah. I think, swayed by social media a little more than they should be, and they're both the best at what they do, essentially. So Absolutely. I'll put Katie with Antonio Brown. I don't think Katie's quite on the ridiculousness that Brown's been on this week, but and yeah, I think Brown's quite on the all-time skill-wise that KD is on. Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're, I, I can see the commonalities there. But did you have any last ones we wanted to get in before we wrapped up? I'll hit a few quick ones. Cam Newton's my favorite. I'm putting him with Russell Westbrook, relying on their athleticism and still distributing to teammates. Um, really similar guys in that way. Um, I'll put Kyrie with Odell Beckham because they both have some ridiculous wow factor. Like, dang, he just like did that oh my gosh that's ridiculous and they both say some ridiculous stuff um clay thompson bobby wagner the guy that's on the team that you don't even think of he's the third fourth guy that you think of on the defense third fourth guy you think of on the warriors and he's still just amazing putting up the most three pointers in the league or whatever putting up the most tackles in the league um richard sherman as draymond green um they both talk like nobody's business and they still produce defensively uh lebron it's like i mean there's tom brady there's peyton manning because you know all the i don't know media stuff manning does all the commercials lebron's trying to get on space jam and all that i also put larry fitzgerald just a guy who's been arguably like you put like jerry rice larry fitzgerald and you know a couple other wide receivers in that conversation lebron is lebron and michael and magic and larry bird we don't know um and last, this one is not... Uh, I got a couple, actually. Dwight Howard, Adrian <laughs> Peterson, past his prime, still putting up some numbers and some controversy. Uh, CP3, Drew Brees, stuck around, been amazing, but he's a little past his best time, but still putting up some good numbers. Um, and then Steph and Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes is really young, but Mahomes is doing things that's revolutionizing I, the game. I heard, I heard one of my buddies say Doncic Mahomes. Doncic Mahomes. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Just two young guys that came in and just, like, were, were pretty hype and yeah. kind of delivered. Like, as far as, like, the season, like, how recent it was, yeah. Um, Mahomes would be Trey Young or even Or Trey, even, yeah, like, Trey Young, I'd say yeah. even. Trey Young, Trey Young's a little <clears throat> bit more Hollywood like he is in terms of big play uh, opportunity. Yeah. And I don't, oh, but, a couple more. I don't think I said these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zion as Saquon, a young dude all athleticism they're like oh this is the next lebron this is the next adrian peterson whatever so definitely similar there and then some random one this guy isn't even a star but it's something i thought of danny green and brandon cooks winning championships getting to the championship and losing you know maybe um but (laughs) and on different teams brandon cooks has been on the patriots been on the rams won a championship lost a championship 
Danny Green, similar, lost a championship with the Spurs, 1-1, 1-1 with the Raptors. Now he's on the Lakers expecting to compete again. So there you go. Yeah, that's what well, I got. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as our audience listens, I'm sure they're going to think, well, Austin doesn't really know anything about the NFL. And you're right, I don't. <laughs> What? I don't know anything about the NFL. I had my friend draft for me. But anyways, um, actually, I had a little bit of say-so there. I was kind of an owner-GM type situation. Yes. But Christian here is uh, a little bit, if not a lot of bit, more educated on the NFL than myself. And he sports. also came with the heat this heat Sports, sports. But he came with the heat this week. So uh, <clears throat> thank you, Christian. And, and uh, I hope to be a little bit more participatory uh, on the next episode and, and have a little bit more to offer here in my NBA knowledge. But uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, were there any last sentiments we'd like to uh, discuss other than uh, previewing 2K here in the coming days? Dude, I'm going to bring my thesaurus next time. You said participatory. What did you say earlier? You said uh, like uh, tantamount. tantamount. Oh, man. No. Rough. I need no. to up my Every game. time Kids, anytime you hear a word you don't know, just Google it. It takes two seconds, and you'll feel good about yourself. Or just make up words. It's fun. That works, too. And, and nobody shoots 100%. You're going to fail, and someone's going to correct you, and then you'll know a good word. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Christian exactly. Michael Scott. So, hey, you know, uh, quick shout-out. Um, we're going to have, uh, hopefully, some new music here on this episode. Uh, if not, uh, we always want to say thank you to Isaiah for always providing some great tunes for us. But uh, I contacted my good buddy here, Thomas Hudson, and his band Chimney uh, to find some groovy instrumentals. So go check out some of their uh, recent projects. I, I see here on Spotify they have a, um, a single, San Francisco Sun, an EP from 2017, Pizza Party. Um, we have a couple uh, really cool and groovy uh, tunes. They're out of Bellingham. So give them a listen on Spotify. Um, and, and more than likely some other platforms. Uh, we'll have more to share in that regard. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, um, and listen on any platform if you're choosing, be it Spotify, Apple uh, Apple Podcast, whatever you, uh, whatever you like. Please. Whatever you like. Um, so, yeah, thanks, guys. It's, uh, like we said, it's been a little bit of a slow week, so we hope you enjoy the NFL comparisons and the all-decade banter, and uh, we are certainly looking forward to, uh, once again, delivering on our promise of having guests on as often as possible. We've had uh, a couple hiccups here, so uh, definitely reach out to us. We have some really great potential guests. Um, I, won't, I won't speak on any names, but um, potentially some people here working with uh, NBC Northwest uh, Sports. Um, we have some people who are some local um, in terms of health and, and fitness specialists that might give some insight as to what some of these professional athletes prepare themselves for. Um, and then we have some writers for some other platforms who write for teams around the league. So we have a lot of really exciting things that might be coming up. Uh, I know that we're uh, one name I will drop is a, is a certain return this season is Ryan Woodledge. We're going to have back yeah. on as a return. Um, so we're really looking forward to you guys. Uh, we appreciate you sticking with us through some of these drier uh, episodes, and uh, we definitely have more to deliver here on the horizon. It's to see. Run away with me. Out from your shackles, I'm breaking you free. It's a plane to see. Run away with me. You're wet.